0: I'm Christine Crawford. And I'm Leslie Wingo. We'd like to welcome you to Mistakes Over Failure with Raymond Watt and Thayer Smith. Raymond, if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself.
1: So personally, born and raised in South Africa. Uh, really fortunate to be raised in my dad's evangelical pastor. So I was raised in church, raised with missionary work. And I feel that sort of the, it set the base of who I became later as a human because that was sort of the first introduction of me um, but always a passion for people. So that's sort of, I think, my genesis story. Um, computer science degree, always loved tech. Did my MBA after that because I had to understand business. And eventually found my way to the US, where I'm now settled in San Diego. Um, quick arc of how I arrived there personally. Family, I've got two beautiful kids. Um, Abby and Alexi, 15 and 13 years old. They're the love of my life. Um, adore them to bits. Uh, again, allow me to show up authentically. Because if there's anyone that um, forces you to do that, it's it's our kids. Uh, and they're a huge part of my life, um, and I feel blessed that way. And then from a business perspective and sort of how I stumbled into YPO, uh, I said I'm a tech CEO, and you know, being an immigrant in the US was just alone. I think I needed belonging, and I wanted business belonging. I thought that was the belonging I needed, and I joined YPO for that reason, and so surprised once I joined it to see the transformation, not only in my business, but also in my personal and family life for that.
2: What emoji do you use most often?
1: Oh, the praying hands emoji. I use it excessively. It's just like, it's for thank you. It's for so many. I, can't, I, I cannot send a text message without an emoji. I'm so sorry. I player. think it's they're just,
3: almost all emojis sometimes. Or almost all emojis, are. I'm an emoji guy. So see, there's balance in this
1: relationship. What was your first job? Software engineer. I mean, the weird thing is my first job was out of college. I never worked for a minute in my life just because we were so involved in church. I mean, that was sort of work. I never—so post-college, software engineer, first job ever. And in church, what was your first job? Oh, worship team piano player, um, opening the church, closing the church, you know, going to every single funeral my dad did. I think I counted like 176 funerals in my life so far. I think that's a really unique aspect of my life.
2: And what is your guilty pleasure?
1: Ooh, um, reality TV I'm so sorry to say, especially love is blind. love that so much <laughs> i I'm sorry to say it's my absolute guilty pleasure.
0: So we have that in common because oh, I have my, oh.
1: thank you so much for we <laughs> no. can we can acknowledge that in this in the safety of this no, room. That is, That's a good show. It is. Come on.'ve
2: <laughs> i never seen it.
3: Oh, you should. okay.
2: yeah, it's amazing. There All are.
3: right. That's a hard act to follow. <laughs> um, so, I'm Thayer Smith. I'm the CEO of YPO. And um, I'm, I'm just super excited to be able to, to be involved at YPO at, at a different level and, um, and have an impact on, on our members' lives, uh, especially at an organization that's had a huge impact for me. Um, my wife, Tretty, is also a member. And um, we have two kids uh, one just graduated from college, the other one's a sophomore. And we live in Tampa, and so um, excited to be here. And thanks for having us. What emoji do you use most often? You know, I am not an emoji person, so that's. that's <laughs> I love you for that. <laughs> nice react. What, what was
2: what was your first job?
3: So my, actually, I was a mover. So I was actually, you know, carrying furniture, and I drove the moving truck, and and so that was it was a good experience of. Uh, not what you do not want to do.
2: Fair enough. Yeah. And what is your guilty pleasure? And work cannot be a guilty pleasure.
3: (laughs) No, it works. Uh, I do spend a little too much time at work. But I would say that's a really good question. Maybe Dessert. I but
2: think. dessert. What's your favorite dessert?
3: I pretty much like all desserts. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> That's anything the with sugar and butter? <laughs> yeah, especially My if it has lots of sugar, a lot of butter and and uh, butter, and also um uh, add some cream and custard into it. And it's brilliant. Oh, okay. It's got it all. <laughs>
0: okay. So we want to hear a little more about your personal journeys. And so how did you transition from your business regular business life and being that business leader into YPO leadership?
3: I don't view them as, like, separate, okay. right? So, I mean, it, it is now. So, you know, and, and that's, you know, so I'll kind of come to that in a second. But, you know, to me, it's always been complementary. And and so, um, you know, my, my business career, I've, I've always been on the investment side of the world. Um, and then within sort of that private equity investing space, I've always been on the operating side. Um, but when I joined YPO, uh I got involved in leadership pretty early. You know, I had a chapter chair at the time that asked me to become the membership chair, and, and that was probably within the first year that I became a member. And so I've just sort of always—it's always been a part of being being part of a, being a champion, um, giving back to the organization, and um, and so they've always been intertwined. Now, obviously, recently um, I stepped into the CEO role, uh, which is so now it's my full-time job. That's that's all that I do. Um, and so that's been a that's been a big transition, but but it's really but all those champion roles is really what's pre- prepared me for for this role, and uh, I think it's been super helpful.
1: Yeah, you know, first of all, I resonate so much with what they is saying. For me, the DNA of YPO sort of fills all the gaps of me as a business leader. It's it's and you used the word complementary, but it's it's for me even more so because it really fills the gaps, those blind spots that we have, the loneliness that we sometimes feel not knowing are we on the right track or not. Those are real questions business leaders face, CEOs face. And for some magical reason, I didn't expect that to get it at all, YPO is this way of filling those gaps for you because it sort of connects you with other people that are sharing their lives and you go like, wow. So for me, it was actually making me a better person in my business. Not saying it's sort of like haphazardly, but because I realized some things I'm not doing in the best of my capability. It's fine to acknowledge I feel lonely in doing this and that loneliness makes me question my own decisions. So for me, it was sort of like filling that whole person of Raymond, um, which ultimately, I'm still heavily involved in my business. I'm a chairman coming in. I'm not stepping down from my business. I love being an entrepreneur. I need my check at the end of the month. My business <laughs> needs to give it to me. So, But the great thing is YPO allows you to be a champion in your own way which is part of, I think, why we are speaking today, for everybody to be able to show up as they are and be welcoming this organization.
0: How do you describe YPO to folks who have no idea what our organization is? What do you tell them about YPO and what it is?
3: So YPO is a group of 35,000 CEOs. Uh, We're in 150 countries uh, across the world. And at the core, it's a leadership organization. Our mission is uh, helping members become better leaders through lifelong learning and idea exchange. and um, it's, But it really goes a lot deeper than that. And so uh, one of the things that I think is different about us than most organizations or other business organizations is that uh, we focus on the whole person. And so if you are out of balance in one part of your life, then then you're out of balance in your entire life. And so we focus on you as a business leader, you as a family um, leader, a leader in your family, a leader in your community, and also how you're you're showing up for yourself, and and it's really that that whole person approach um, that that I think is really where we shine. Um, and the other thing is, that's different is we include uh, families and spouses in in most of what we do, and so um, uh, I, I think it's it's a it's been a great organization for me, and um, and I think we're we're pretty unique in in that in that perspective. I thought, you know, I always lead with friendship. I said it's, you know, at the base level is you are
1: making great new friends that can, you know, input into your life and and share with you their lives. It's really, for me, the base of it. And also moving you from isolation to belonging. It's the way that I lead my conversation about YPO. Yes, we're a business organization. Yes, there's criteria to join, but ultimately we're a bunch of humans showing up. And those are the components for me of explaining. And they're like, oh, I, I get that. You know, those are not difficult concepts to comprehend. Um, Setting relationships with other humans and them um, having input into your life.
3: Yeah, so I I, I echo what what Raymond says. Um, you know, it's interesting when you when you talk to a, a new member and you or a prospective member that they're thinking about joining the organization, is that you know we we tend to talk initially about it being a business organization, a leadership organization, um, and and I think it's really the core of that is is that it's it's only at the top. And if, I've gone back and read a bunch of the early formation information about YPO. Actually, I was sharing some of that with uh, with Raymond uh, yesterday. And you know, it's really this notion of um, you know, where do you go to get a different perspective that you can't get on your own? You know, you have friends that are that are doing. A lot of different things, where they're not necessarily running businesses, they're not dealing with the same challenges you are, and so it really is that that group of people that can help support you and help you grow as a as a leader and ultimately as a person. And so, you know, we kind of talk about business as the initial piece, but then the reality of it is it's way more than that. And um, and I think that's the, the the really special part about the organization. So there, you bring up a great question in terms of leadership.
2: And how do y'all think about leading leaders, especially through all of the culture changes that we've seen, not only within our circles, but also within YPO?
3: So leading leaders is interesting because they don't listen to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they don't have to, right? And and so so I think it's, you know, the challenge that you that you find as you get into into these into these leadership roles, and, and it's really this servant servant leader men, uh, mentality, is that you, you're not going to make anybody do anything. We're not going to be able to lecture them into changing, and so what you really have to do is create a compelling version that they want to get behind you and and go and t- and take that journey with you. And if we can't do it in a way that's compelling, they just won't. This won't join in on the on the journey, and so I think that's that's the tricky part is that um, you know, and I think it, it you know we can say that about leadership, but really it's about everybody. I mean, people really aren't going to do what you tell them to do, and so you have to have a way in which you can, you can have this compelling uh, you know, vision or version of the future that people wanna, want to want uh, to join you.
2: Yeah, my favorite saying is, people hate two things, change in the way things are. And so as y'all start yeah. to think about change and, then, and implementing new ideas within YPO, especially when we think about culture, how does that show up for you? And uh, Raymond, we'll start with you this time.
1: Yeah, I think it, it literally continues on what they just said, and that's that serve mentality. It's really, it's been proven, and we see it in this organization, the moment that you serve even the purpose of change and you're right there at that moment, people are willing to serve with you. If you're trying to instruct change and tell other people how to go through it, there's a real resistance to it. So the great thing about YPO is it really, that we talk about the champion journey, but it's basically just teaching you how to truly serve without expecting anything back. And it has this magic component of people saying, I'm willing to meet you there even though the change is a little bit difficult even i don't if i, if I don't understand exactly what we're doing right now because i've never done this before but i see you right there in it and i think this modeling of not leadership per se we call it servant leadership but truly modeling serving for greater purpose is is how people get along and how people are being brought along there is just no other way
0: so you talk about getting people to serve and we've kind of skirted around the edges around change, but how do you get people to think about serving differently and serving others differently?
1: I love this question because I think the great thing is it's something that's really in me and Thayer's heart. So I'm going to be a little bit more pragmatic about this one because normally there's a strategy. Nobody just does change or culture change for just like, hey, this is a good thing to do. It's a Monday morning. And once you have strategy... You can create the structure that serves that strategy, and you can look at the processes that are serving that structure. Once you have that, now we are talking reality. Because I think what members want, when you talk about culture change, we're doing something different. The Awani program, the Athena program, inclusivity, you know, launching a new country, all of that is new. But if it serves the strategy, what's our strategy? It's very simple. Our strategy is member experience. We say we want members to learn through the exchange. You know what they need? They need a new idea or else they don't learn. Because if you're going to put me consistently with people that think exactly the same way as me, now I have a strategy. Members rally behind that strategy. It's when we show up to these moments that we know it's right, but we don't do the work to articulate the why is when we bump into resistance. And what I found is do the work. If you find resistance in some sort of change, some sort of cultural issue, it means you have, done, you have not done the work. You are not articulating well enough and you're not creating the structure that follows this wonderful strategy of yours. We can say we're going to launch Athena many times if we do not have the capacity to speak to women about what's the value proposition of a YPO. If we do not give them a place where they feel welcome when they arrive in our organization. If we do not give them the opportunity to lead this organization,
3: strategies means nothing. And I, I think that's really the opportunity that, that we're addressing, and, and with the board is, you know, really getting that compelling vision of the future, uh, and it really is always centered around the member, the member experience, and then how do we get the board, you know, all the committees of the board and the management team in alignment so that we can execute on this, um, so the members members can ex- experience this in a differentiated way.
1: Yeah, because it is real change, and I'm glad that you are just calling what it is. This is not easy. Don't think it's easy, but These mechanisms and this pragmatic approach helps. I
2: think people confuse simple with easy all the time. So Mm -hmm. I I love that you address that. But my next question, and Raymond, we'll start with you, is this is a global organization. So what diversity, inclusion, belonging looks like in the United States or North America is very different than how it looks in other places in the world. So how are y'all thinking about strategically placing this conversation outside of North America, outside of the U.S.?
1: Yeah, Um, The nuances are different. The heart of it is the same. So that's the benefit that we have. So let's talk about diversity. People, you know, again, we talked about learning, peer learning. I want new ideas in my life. Newsflash, the only way you get it is diverse thoughts. That people with a different lived experience grew up differently, speak a different language. There is no other way to get other ideas into your mind than that. So that concept is the same across all 150 countries we serve. That does not change. How it shows up maybe in Bahrain versus how it shows up in Rwanda versus how it shows up in California might be different. But we speak to the heart and the why of why that is important. And that's, that's why, yes, inclusion has such... DNI is a principle in the United States. We have authorities on it we have scorecards on it it's not the same for that you know in turkey maybe but the heart of it's the same if we if we do not make every member feel welcome welcome that they feel i belong here this is you know we spoke spoke about that to be then we are missing the point point. and we want that diverse thought we want that inclusion spirit of of feeling welcome to be pervasive across all 150 countries. And that's the easy part of it. And then allowing those champions that are local to figure out what the nuance of that is and not try to legislate it because there's no way we can legislate 150 countries. And then there's even difference in the cities. You know, Nashville, Dallas, and San Diego are vastly different on how we show up. So trust our champions, trust these servant leaders to understand the nuance of it.
2: Can I get you to clarify one thing for us? Sure. Um, Can you explain to our general audience what a champion is and what that means for YPO? Thank
1: you. Um, Champion is just this ability to serve versus to be. So when we join YPO, the progression of a member, the first thing we learn is forum and vulnerability. And the only thing we expect of our members is to be. Show up as yourself. The next phase is what we call the champion journey. And this is when we are challenging you to serve, to give, to have impact. And the crazy thing is the only thing that you have to do to impact is, again, just to be. So what we're saying is just wrap that to be bigger than your forum. Come into the communities, into networks, into YNG, into G, into all these other places where you can show up as your authentic self, but now your challenge is to serve, to have impact. And that's what champion means in this organization. Make that sw- switch from to be to to serve.
3: And I think also it is really the core of what makes YPO different than a lot of other organizations is that we have, on average, ten thousand people that give their time to YPO, uh, at, and, and we call them champions. But they're they really are are just giving their time to the organization to help help make the organization better to serve the other, other members, and um, and it's it's really a special it's a special thing that that, that we have created yep. over over time. It's, it's really the core of what, what YPO is about.
0: So, there you're early in your CEO journey yeah. at YPO. But what has been the greatest pleasant surprise and the thing that you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming um, as you transitioned from? You've been on the board for a yeah. long time. and yeah. But now that your perspective is different.
3: You know, I'm, this isn't going to be super dramatic, but I, you know, the nice thing about being on the board is we we've always had a really – a really tight relationship with the management team, and so, you know, I I had worked with a lot of them in the past. You know, obviously working, sort of fully in, in the in the in the management team, um, as you know, as the as the CEO, as an employee versus as a champion, um, is is different. Uh, but but I feel like sort of all those different roles that I've been in have really given me a perspective of the organization. Uh, that I'm really lucky to have that because I can step in and be be effective. Um, you know, pretty quickly, and so I, I wouldn't say I have any major surprises. Uh, but it, but the one thing that I will say is, you know, we have a great team, and we've got a lot of people that are you know that, that really understand or, the organization and believe in its in its mission and values. And so as long as you have a team that's aligned on that, um, you can accomplish a lot of great things. Um, but I, I'd like to go back to the question that you asked, ask Raymond, which is um, sort of how we look at this across the organization. And I think one of the things is to be um, super aware of the cultural differences between our members, and, and you know, even within the United States, you have a bunch of different ways uh, of looking at at all kinds of different things culturally, and um, and I think that's where um, you know I think if we take a perspective of um, using the the principles of forum and say, and when you're talking about things that you know, unfortunately, some of these some of these subjects have become politically charged, and there really is no reason for them to be politically charged, right? Um, and so the question is, how do we make it attainable, aspirational, and also how do we help members understand really from a learning perspective? And that's really one of our core sort of pillars is as is, is a learning organization. How can we make this so that they can understand exactly how, how they can engage? Because a lot of what I see is and a lot of members want to be engaged in these topics but they don't really know how to do it and I think that's where we can have have a leadership perspective on that. Um, and and again what's relevant you know here may not be relevant in um, you know some other region of the world you know where they've just got a totally different perspective on this but at the core you know if you look at what what is it that we're trying to accomplish is that you want people to be to be heard you want to get the most out of the team um, and and creating an environment that's that's safe that's welcoming, you know, those are those are common across across humanity. And so um, you know, I think that's where we can have a huge impact.
2: I was um, talking to one of our strategic planners, and this is a very American based approach, but she said, we may all speak the same language, but we may not all speak the same culture and so when you have start talking about culture and changing of cultures how do y'all think about that and and helping members express themselves so it becomes a productive conversation where people can listen and understand one another and not one that is politically charged per se right.
3: and i think that's the beauty of forum yeah is that you know we we have created and we've we've sort of trained everyone in the same way uh on, on how to show up at forum and so we have this this common language that cuts across all of our members, and it's, you know, the the, the examples you can run into someone at an airport that has a YPO hat on, and you can end up having a pretty deep conversation with them, and and that cuts across all cultures. And so whether you run into a member from Japan, the U.S., Latin America, I mean, you, you name you name the place, there is this common common language, and so it allows us to have um, these conversations in a safe way, in a way that's respectful. Um, and where where people are going to show up and actually listen, and 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 you can be, you can you can have a meaningful conversation. I think that's that's really where we can have a differentiated approach to it. And I think you know, like everything is, it's you, know, you do have to show up, sort of maybe leaving some of some of preconceived notions behind. I think it's when we come to conversations with a lot of you know, I want maybe baggage is a bad term, but the really preconceived notions of of how it should be versus being able to get everyone's perspective. Um I think that's I think forum is is sort of the the key and the language of forum is the key to to having those productive conversations.
0: So for folks who aren't in YPO aren't familiar, if you could share with them what forum is. So what is because yeah. we we all talk about it and it is the foundation of YPO and it is why we're able to scale trust and to do both but, but we don't um we need to explain to folks what it is. And so, I don't
1: know, Raymond, if you want to share. Sure. Forum is a, it's, you know, simplistic in its approach. It's the connection of you to five, six, seven, random other members and making the commitment to really spend time with each other per month, three, four hours a month. And we have a very structured way of doing it, um, how to show up in vulnerability. The base sort of product within Forum is trust and confidentiality. Be yourself. Say what you think. You won't be judged. You will be listened to and we will share our own stories with you. And then the tenant in it is that we do not tell each other what to do. We do not, I don't listen to you and go like, well, I don't think green is your color. I think you should do blue. This is not what we do and green actually is your color. Um, <laughs> yeah. When we show up, we share ourselves and people say, I hear you. Let me share with you what happened to me. I'm not sure with my relationship with my daughter. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. And, and somebody else will say, let me tell you what happened in my life. And by hearing these stories, we are transformed. So it's this nucleus connection. And again, it's the to-be of YPO, where you're just allowed to be yourself and that you know that is, without judgment, the best thing to counter-program culture diversity, if you do not understand it, is to be allowed to be yourself and say what you think.
3: And I would add sort of one thing to that, it's just for, for non-YPO members, is that, you know, it's seven or eight people who meet meet on a monthly basis. And the 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 really the two requirements is you can't have a personal conflict with them i mean you can't be related to them or something like that and you can't have a business conflict so you can't do business with with some people so the people who show up for you each month have nothing to gain from the meeting other than for you to be successful and i think that's that's the key is that you know it's a personal group of advisors that show up every month with one goal is really to make to sort of help help the other members with no with no expectation of any reciprocal benefit uh, other than they know that everyone else is showing up for them and i think that's 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 really what's what makes it special and then we obviously train everyone to have have this common language and approach that that is consistent across across the globe
2: there i want to go back to something that we were talking about earlier in terms of we have these the two of you are having brilliant conversations around belonging and diversity and inclusion how do other leaders in YPO or not in YPO, how do, if they are concerned about having those conversations, what is the best way from your experience on how to possibly step into that and start that conversation where you can be vulnerable, where you can ask the questions you want to ask, where you're not, you know, where it's, it's safe?
1: It's a tough one. I'll, I'll take it quickly because again, I can share my experience as a business leader in my business, which are facing the same things. Um, I try and bring as many principles of what i've gained in ypo and this is where the learning comes in the idea exchange because it is tough it's it's i feel it's for me easy in ypo because i've got the structure of forum but i've brought some of those principles into my organization to say let's just have a conversation about it for me personally it was really to understand first because i had an idea of what it meant but when you sit and you listen and you just even with my own employees you know um if an employee go from she, her, to they, them, and the announcement is made, rather than going like, I don't know what to do with it, give a call, say, hey, would love to learn what just happened. What would you like to share with me? And how can I show up for you? It's much of it is listening more than action. And again, it's a skill that we practice
3: in, uh, practice in YPO. I agree with Raymond. It's it's really about listening. And so, you know, are you welcoming those discussions? Are you listening and um, and then ultimately, you know, how do you incorporate that in and actually have some some change in action? Um, because at the end of the day, people want to show up at work. They want to be listened to. They want to be they want to be heard. They want to be a valued member of the team. They want to contribute. And you know, not many people show up to work and say, "Oh, I'm just going to you know just be a terrible employee today." You know, that's just not not what you know the majority of the world wants. And so the question is, you know, are we creating that environment where people can be? Can be ultimately can be successful, and you're going to get so much more out of them uh, versus if they're just hiding and you know because they they don't have any other options. You know, it's just that would be an awful place to work.
0: So
2: I have, I have a question for both of you, and the question is: We've outlined a lot of different things. What is the vision that you have for yourself as you move through your journey in YPO, especially when it comes to all of this work that we've talked about around inclusion and belonging and diversity?
3: So for me. Um, you know my my vision you know for my role in YPO is is really about how do you, how do you make it how do you make the member experience um, the best it can be and uh, if you look at our values the you know we have a uh, uh, community standards in uh, you know, our values are our generosity respect inclusivity and trust Trust is the is the base foundation of, of everything we do um, but also having um, diverse views, uh, and diversity of thought and diversity of, of perspective is is really what makes the experience better. Um, if you if you have people who look exactly like you, you're just sitting in an echo chamber, right? And so, and then the second piece is, you know, regardless of, of who joins the organization, is you know, is it a welcoming place? Is are we include are, are we including people? or Is it an inclusive environment? Um, and, and I think that's, you know, if we can create a, an, an incredible member experience and get a lot of diversity of perspectives and make sure that everyone who joins uh, is getting that same experience and feels included, I think it's, it's a success. Yeah, for me, my personal
1: my personal goal and journey is still uh, this self-discovery journey of authenticity. It's, it's driving my life and YPO is a huge part of it. And then for YPO, you know, serving As the incoming chair, it's showing up and being my best self. Um, That's all I can give. And I hope that to consistently do that and have people around me that will challenge me to keep on doing that.
0: Well, we'd like to thank you all for coming today and helping us think about lifelong learning and peer support differently. And really, honestly, never thought about it, but listening as a lifelong learning skill. So thank you all so much for coming and
3: thanks Lacey. Thanks thank for you both. Yeah, well thank you Been for nice having one. us and thanks for putting all this together. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening. We are Mistakes Over Failures, a podcast by YPO, the global leadership community of extraordinary chief executives.